This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. This season, Pastor Emma Peterson is giving a series of messages about the Unitarian Universalist values that are outlined in the recent changes to Article 2 of the UUA Bylaws. This is the first message in that series. From our service on October 15th, 2023, Pastor Emma gives the message, Caring for Each Soul, Equity as a UU Ethic. My message this morning concerns the value of equity, one of the seven values within the updates to Article 2 our shared UU covenant. This will be a series each month until I'm done. I will preach on one of the values within the pedal graphic. You may recall our second UU principle, and if you don't recall it, it's right there on the wall, concerns justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. It occurred to me uh, pretty much immediately as I began sourcing for this message that I maybe should have started with uh, justice because most of the reflections I encountered regarding equity paired it directly with and following behind the practice of justice. I also have to admit that I'm a little bit amused by the erasure of the term compassion from the update to Article 2, while justice and equity remain and and now have their own value. Maybe compassion falls under the umbrella of love, and so the Article 2 committee decided it was no longer necessary. I can't imagine that the powers that be are encouraging us to do away with compassion, in how we relate to each other. Actually, I can imagine it, but I'd rather not. (laughs) Equity, like justice, is directly connected to actions and behaviors. Action words were deeply important to the committee that drafted our updated Article 2. You can't maintain a principle or a value of equity without working to modify the systems that permit even passively inequity. Equity means fair treatment, access, advancement, and opportunity for all people in accordance to their unique needs. I'm going to share a fable or a silly little story now, which initially appeared in R. Roosevelt Thomas's book, Building a House for Diversity. It's a little silly because it's about a giraffe and an elephant, and they're trying to, you know, articulate this point. Uh, When I was growing up, um, I loved to be read to before bed. And my dad refused to read me books in which animals behaved like humans. He would not do it. 
you know, it's all I want is Francis the badger goes to the dentist. Well, badgers don't go to the dentist. I'll read you the story of Noah's Ark. <laughs> I'll read you. I'll read you this chapter of this very interesting John Grisham novel I'm reading. I'm like six. I just want the Bernstein bears. We're not reading the Bernstein bears. Papa bear is an idiot. And who names their kids brother and sister? So, <laughs> so my mom read me books. She liked books about animals. Here's a silly story about equity told with a giraffe and an elephant. In a small suburban community where inexplicably a giraffe had built a new home to his family's specifications, it was a wonderful house for giraffes with soaring ceilings and tall doorways. High windows ensured maximum light and good views while protecting the family's privacy. Narrow hallways saved valuable space without compromising convenience. So well done was the house that the national, that it won the National Giraffe Home of the Year Award. Okay. The homeowners were very proud. One day, the giraffe, working in his state-of-the-art wood shop in the basement, happened to look out the window. Coming down the street was an elephant. I know him, he thought. We work together on the PTA. <laughs> He's an excellent woodworker, too. Okay, I think we all know where this story is going. And I just have to say, it's really hysterical to me that the giraffe and the elephant work together at the PTA, which, you know, indicates some sort of public school where giraffes and elephants and probably other animals are attending together. Okay, anyway. We're going to keep talking about equity. So the draft thinks, oh, that elephant that I know, he's an excellent woodworker. I'm going to invite him into my shop. Maybe we can even work on some projects. So giraffe pokes his head out the window and invited the elephant in. The elephant was delighted. He liked wood. He liked working with the giraffe. And he looked forward to knowing him better. Besides, he knew about this wood shop and he wanted to see it. So he walked up to the basement door and waited for it to open. Come in, come in, the giraffe said. But immediately they encountered a problem. While the elephant could get his head in the door, he could go no further. It's a good thing we made this door expandable to accommodate my wood shopping equipment, the giraffe said. Give me a minute while I take care of our problem. He removed some bolts and panels and let the elephant in. The two acquaintances were happily exchanging woodworking stories when the giraffe's wife leaned down her head down the basement stairs and called to her husband. Telephone, dear, it's your boss. I'd better take that upstairs in the den, the giraffe told the elephant. Make yourself at home. This may take a while. The elephant looked around and saw a half finished piece of work on the lathe table in the far corner, and he decided to check it out. He moved through the doorway that led to the shop, and he heard an ominous scrunch. He backed out, scratching his head. Maybe I'll join the giraffe upstairs, he thought. But as he started up the stairs, he heard the stairs begin to crack. He jumped off and fell back against the wall. It too began to crumble. 
He sat there disheveled and dismayed, and the giraffe came down the stairs. What on earth is happening here? The giraffe asked in amazement. I was trying to make myself at home, the elephant said. The giraffe looked around. Okay, I see the problem. The doorway is too narrow. We'll have to make you smaller. So this story is also fat phobic, just trigger warning. There's an aerobic studio near here. If you take some classes, we could get you down to size. That's not possible. An elephant is an elephant. Maybe the elephant said, not looking very convinced. And the stairs are too weak to carry your weight, the giraffe continued. If you took a ballet class at night, I'm sure we could get you light on your feet. I really hope you'll do it. I like having you here. Perhaps, the elephant said, but to tell you the truth, I'm not sure a house designed for a giraffe will ever really work for an elephant. Not unless there are some major changes. I'm still stuck on the school. I really want to see the school. Is the school an equitable place? How do the elephant and the giraffe attend the same PTA meeting? I I have questions, but we're going to move on. So reflecting on the moral of the story, Roy Landers in an article for Medium wrote, the giraffe and the elephant story depicts the way diversity, equity, and inclusion are often approached within organizations. He's speaking specifically about business, but this is an organization, right? This is a community. It's also an organization. Organizations are built for a particular group or culture of people who think, act, and make decisions alike to the exclusion of others who aren't from the same background, culture, and experiences. These are the giraffes. They are usually white, male-dominated groups with similar education, cultural upbringing, have had the same or similar experiences, and usually see things from the same overall standpoint. Like the giraffe, they recognize others who are different from them and may want to work with them and include them in what they do because they like them and they know it would be good to include them for business purposes. And those are the elephants. They look different. They have a different cultural background and different points of view, but they are valuable and certainly can contribute. However, similar to the elephant, who could get his head in the door, but not enter totally because he's built differently. Too often when they are invited in to the organization, they don't fit because the door of opportunity is too small and they are made to feel like they must not rock the boat if they want to blend in and then stumble trying to fit. The giraffes a white male dominated group usually of the organization can see they are having difficulty and the approach is to advise the elephants, diverse persons, to change without any clue that the house or organization they built needs to undergo changes in order for the diverse person to fit in. Without this recognition, the organization or company's diversity, equity, and inclusion program will be doomed to fail. 
I appreciate Lander's reflection because it illuminates for us the way the systems of the world have been built with the specification and needs of a dominant group. While those of us who don't fit in or assimilate with the dominant group can perhaps get a foot in the door, we won't ever be fully integrated without modifying the system. And of course, those for whom the system was built will likely resist changes. I appreciate the way the updates to Article 2 expand our Unitarian Universalism beyond our congregation into the public square. If we want to be a faith for the future, and I believe that we do, we must encounter and work to shape the world beyond our walls. Reverend Linda Hody says, and I love this, and I feel like I've tried to say it myself and, and never managed to be as eloquent as she was. We UUs are concerned with justice. We are known for our social justice work. There are reasons for that in our theology. Many UUs do not subscribe to a literal heaven to which we will depart after death. Thus, we have always emphasized that heaven is a place we must create here on earth, here and now. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven of which Jesus spoke so much is something we believe we can create right here. Not liking hierarchical images very much, we might be more likely to speak of creating the beloved community rather than the kingdom of heaven. We don't have much faith in heaven after death, so values like justice and equity and compassion require incarnation in this life as we walk the earth. The world outside these walls is in dire need of our values and our principles as Unitarian Universalists. But we also must perhaps primarily, and to begin, consider how we are demonstrating our values within our congregations. How are we working towards and demonstrating equity within our systems at the CBUU? Are there barriers around full inclusion who all might wish to be a part of us? What are those barriers and how specifically do we break them down? Let's examine our internal polity, reading it with a new lens of equity and justice. How do we make this place fully accessible for each person in accordance to their needs? The Accessibility Task Force recently reconvened, woohoo! Their work is an excellent example of how we are striving towards equity here at the Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalist. And in fact, and this is very interesting to me because I think it points to how very of the moment and of the times these Article 2 updates are, 
If you pay attention to the work of the wider association at present, you will notice an increased focus on inclusion of folks, especially ministers who live with disabilities. And I believe in, in what I've observed that the, the clergy, the UU ministers and those who want to become UU ministers are actually the driving force in these changes. Our fellowshipping process for a long time has seemed to be made up of barriers and flaming hula hoops. And it's the same path for everybody. And because of the clergy who have so desperately wanted to serve this faith, they finally, the Ministerial Fellowshipping Committee is starting to make some slow changes around modifying the process so that it becomes more accessible to everyone. If you uh, were in attendance at General Assembly this year, you might have noticed an increased focus on inclusion and accessibility. Um, and I, I think that it's a very positive thing. It doesn't mean that they're doing it right all the time, though. Um, I So in the in the in the uh, search process every year, uh, ministers fill out what's called a ministerial record, similar to the congregational record. It is long and arduous. The very last question on that form is, do you have a disability that you want to share with the search committee? No, <laughs> I I had a conversation. I had some friends in search last year and we were talking about this question and how it really, uh, it, it, we understood what it was trying to do, but it wasn't effective and how actually it's probably just cutting ministers out of the running. And my friend Elizabeth said that what they write in that box is these sorts of questions lead to stereotyping and assumptions and it's a conversation I would have with my congregation throughout the call process. I'm not going to write it right here. I have anxiety and depression, but we don't want you. Anyway, so it's a process, right? Some of it's working, some of it's not. We're figuring it out. So I'd like you to consider these questions. I really want you to think deeply about equity here at the CVUU. How do we practice it and how can we get better? And like our president, Dennis Harbaugh, has been hammering into the board these last few months, it's about action steps. You don't just create your goals and then think somehow because you've written out these goals, you're going to accomplish them. You need concrete, real, tangible action steps. So I really want you to think about it. And then I really want you to tell me what you've been thinking. This is a sermon series. I intend to examine one value per month until we've unpacked all seven. Next month, I'll start where I should have in the first place with justice. And then we'll get back at the work of building the kingdom on earth. Amen and blessed be. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www. 
www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors from anywhere to virtually attend our services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.